Well, hey, good morning, Abundant Life Church. How are you? Uh, it's good to see you guys. You know what I'm thinking when I'm watching this video is that I had this idea that I'm actually going to get a tattoo during this series. I mean, like on the stage, like, like while I'm teaching, I think I might be working on getting a tattoo. The problem is uh, I don't, there's really no place to put it because uh, I don't have a back big enough to do that. My chest certainly isn't big enough and my arms aren't big enough. And uh, it's like my wrists are so stinking tiny. Wh what would I say, you know? What would I say? And so if I were to ever get one, you know what it would say? Almost, uh, love God, loving God, loving people, loving life. I know, up in the head would be great. I think that would be awesome. <laughs> so I don't worry, and please don't send emails about the, you know, the woes of getting tattoos and stuff like that. I don't want to hear it, and, and, uh, and that's okay, that's fine, but, uh, you know, please, it, it, don't worry, okay? But anyway, just don't be shocked either. But anyway, okay, so we're in this series that uh, we're starting today. So if you're here for the first time, I'm so glad you're here today. And we're starting this new series called Love Is, and we're going to be looking at what love is. And so I'm excited about the next, uh, it's not a couple of weeks, we're actually going to spend eight weeks talking about uh, what love is. Now, if you want to really know uh, what something is all about, if you want to get a good perspective, who do you turn to? You turn to kids, right? You, you turn to kids and you find out what do they think about the topic. And so in talking to children and what they think, uh, here's their perspective. I'm not rushing into love. I'm finding the fourth grade hard enough. <laughs> when asked, how do, you, how do you make love last? Uh, one little kid says, don't forget your wife's name. That will mess up love. <laughs> okay. And here's another one. Be a good kisser. It might make your wife forget that you never take out the trash. <laughs> and then when asked to, to give some thoughts on love, this little kid, I think, nailed it. They said, he said, falling in love is like an avalanche where you have to run for your life. <laughs> run, run. I think she loves me. I think she loves me. If, if you want to be loved by someone who isn't already in your family, it doesn't hurt to be beautiful. <laughs> and here's the last one. To make a person fall in love with you, shake your hips and hope for the best. <laughs> so there you have it, okay? And so some of you are thinking, that's all I needed. I don't need any, any more. You can forget the rest of the seven weeks. But no, I'm excited you're here. Glad you're here. What is love? What is love? What, what really matters? And, and when we think about the topic of love, you know, more books have been written on the su subject of love and more poems have been written and quotes about love and all of that. And, and, and what is it? You know, Pat Benatar, she says that love is a battlefield, okay? And uh, the Beatles, anybody remember the Beatles? And, and they probably maybe got it as close as anybody. You know, what you think about the Beatles, I don't know. But you're thinking, what did the Beatles say? What did the Beatles say? Well, rather than what they said, let's listen to it. And if you want to sing along, just go right ahead and Sing along. Here we go. Yeah. Sing it out if you want. Come on. Yeah, get, get the swing going. You got it. You got it. Love. Love is all you need. Yeah, you guys are awesome. Give yourselves a hand. Yeah. Some of you are sitting there going... <laughs> That's okay. Hey, turn to your neighbor. Give him a high five right now. 
Now, Papa Murphy's, on the other hand, I think they missed it, okay? Papa Murphy's, they, they try to tell us that love is 425 degrees. <laughs> uh, how many of you know that love can heat things up, okay? But, okay, so I don't know, maybe they got it right. How many of you love pizza? Yeah, okay, and so, so what is love? I mean, if you, if you want to know what love is, where do you go? Who do you ask about love? Well, I think probably the best place to go and the best one to ask is God, the creator, the one who created this whole universe, the one who created love, the one who you know, put all of this together and is sustaining everything. What does he have to say about love? And so Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, very powerful statement through the apostle Paul. He says, if you are a follower of Christ Jesus, if you call yourself a Christian, if you are a person who follows Jesus Christ, all that matters, all that matters, all that matters is, and read this with me, your faith that makes you love others. All that matters is your faith that makes you love others. All that matters is how is your faith lived out? And if you claim to be a person who follows Jesus, and if you're not loving other people, then wow, really, I, you know, I've got some questions about that is basically what he's saying, because God's never going to look at me and say, oh, George, wow, that's quite a church you built down there. And, uh, and I noticed up in your office, you've got those diplomas on your wall. You got a master of this and a BA with that and a doctor of that and a certified this. Wow, my gosh, you've got all these degrees. You're something really special. You know, he's not going to say that. He's, not gonna, he's never going to say that. I think what God wants to know is, did you love people? I mean, you claim to follow me, but, but did you love people? In your life. That's what he really wants to know because he says that, that what really matters is my faith that's expressed by loving other people. And so we're in this series called um, Love Is. Love Is. And we're going to be talking today about what matters most. And what matters most is love. So what is it? What is love? You know, this. Uh, a series is based on 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It's a famous love chapter in the Bible. Everybody here is, I'm sure, read it. You've heard it. Uh, I've done more weddings. I've performed more weddings than you can shake a stick at. And, and probably 99.9% .9 of those weddings I have read from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. By the way, anybody in this room that I've performed a wedding for, raise your hand. Oh, yeah, yeah, sit right down here, right down here. Yeah, that's right, I forgot you guys. Did I read 1 Corinthians 13? You probably don't remember. You do? Yeah, okay, I did. That's good. Because the, that one point percent where I don't read it, it's because they're not going to make it anyway, so what's the use? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm honestly joking about that. But I, I couldn't say 100% because I don't know that I have read it 100%, but probably 99.9% .9 of the time, so I'm so glad I read it at yours. And so, so how long have you guys now been married? Four and a half years, so you're hanging in there. Way to go. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, so if I performed your wedding and I read uh, 1 Corinthians 13, you have a good chance, okay? You have a good chance. But uh, Paul, in 1 Corinthians 13, he talks about this amazing topic of love and describes to us what, what love is, is all about. And good communicators, what they do when they really want you to get something, they say it over and over. They will repeat it many times and oftentimes say it in different ways. 
That's exactly what Paul is doing here when he's trying to help us understand the importance of love. In fact, he, in five ways, he, he says that if I don't live a life of love, he says nothing I say matters. If I don't live a life of love, then nothing I say matters. All of my words are basically nothing more than just noise. That's all they are. And that's, that's what he says in verse 1, chapter 13. If I could speak in any language in heaven or on earth and didn't love others, I would only be making meaningless noise. Everybody say meaningless noise. Meaningless noise, like a loud gong or a clanging cymbal. This phrase here, if I could, could speak in any language on earth. I got to thinking, we have a lot of different languages that are represented at Abundant Life Church. And I, I got to wondering, what are, what's the word love in these different languages? And so I just thought, one of my fa- I don't know Spanish, but if I were to learn another language, it would be Spanish. What's the word love in Spanish? I know somebody sitting back over here... Um, yeah, right here. Amor. Everybody say amor. Do you have to roll your heart? Amor. No, you don't on that one, do you? You do? Say it again. Oh, yeah. Amor. Amor. Isn't that beautiful? Italian. Who speaks Italian? Amore. Everybody say amore. Amore. French? L'amour. Is it l'amour? Who speaks French? Anybody? Or French is l'amour, I think. Something like that. Anybody speak Russian? Romanian. I know y'all are out there. Uh, Swahili. Okay, since you're not here, I've got it. Okay, Romanian is draguste. Everybody say draguste. Draguste. Uh, Russian is leblu. Le bleu, okay. Um, Japanese is I. Okay. Chinese is I. Okay. Uh, Dutch is Liefde. German is Lebu. Lebu. And Swahili is Upendo. Upendo. So you didn't know you were going to get a, a, lang- a lesson in languages today. What Paul is saying, it doesn't matter if you can speak every language on the face of the earth. If you don't have love, you're just making a lot of noise is all you're doing. In fact, the people of Paul's day would have really clearly understood what he meant when he says, you're you're just a banging gong is all you are, a clashing cymbal. Because when people would go into pagan temples, many of the pagan temples actually had a gong or some kind of a cymbal that they would hit when they would go into the temple. You know why they did that? so that they could awaken their God so that their God would hear their prayers. And, and he says, if, if you don't have love, then you're doing nothing more than making a bunch of noise. It, it's all you're doing. So they fully could comprehend what, what he meant when he said that. So Paul says that, that, uh, that love is, uh, is just empty if, 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 uh, if, I, you know, if, if my words are just empty if I don't have love. Here's number two. Nothing I know matters. Not only is nothing I say making a difference, but he says, all the stuff that I know, it it doesn't matter. In verse 2, he says, I may have the gift of prophecy, and I may understand all the secret things of God and, and have all knowledge, but if I do not have love, then I am nothing. 
You can be a walking encyclopedia. You can be a walking Bible encyclopedia. And if you don't have love, it, it doesn't matter. You, you can, they say that knowledge is doubling every six years. That, that what we know is like doubling every six years. That, that amazes me. That, that astounds me. And I think, wow, just how smart we've become. We've become so smart. We've become so intelligent. But I wonder, has our world gotten any better? Probably not. And in fact, I would venture to say it's gotten worse. It's probably gotten worse. The abuse that we see in the world, the, the violence that we see, the prejudice in, the, in our world, the hatred, the, the murders, the crime, all of that seems to have gotten worse. And so... Obviously, what we need in our world, it's not more knowledge. What, what do we need more of? We need more love. I think, I think he's right here that, that if you and I could just really learn to love, how many of our problems would actually be solved if we would just learn to love one another? It, it would change everything. It would just change everything. But Paul says that, that nothing I know matters if, if I don't really have love. And then number three, he says, nothing I believe matters. Nothing I say matters, nothing I know matters, nothing I believe even matters. He, he says here in verse 2, he says, even if I had the gift of faith so that I could speak to a mountain and, say, and make it move, now that's a lot of faith, I would still be worth nothing at all without love. If I, nothing I believe matters. There are people today who believe that if you can cross all of your theological T's and if you can dot all of your, your doctrinal I's, then you've got it figured out and, 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 and you're right. I mean, you've got it all figured out. You've got life figured out. If you've got you know, theology figured out and you've got doctrine figured out and all that stuff, then, then that's all that matters. Well, Paul says, no, it's not. No, it's not. I, I remember when I first moved here to start Abundant Life Church, it was, 20, it was about 27 years ago, and I remember meeting with a, a pastor in the city, and he invited me to go out to breakfast. And this was in probably within the first six months of me being here. And I remember where it was. It was over in Clackamas, and it was at the, I think what used to be Denny's, it may still be Denny's, over there in Clackamas. And he invited me to come out to, to breakfast, and so, sure, I'd love to meet I didn't know anybody. So I met this guy, and probably within the first five minutes, in my heart, I'm saying, I don't like you. <laughs> and, and, the, and the more we had breakfast, the more he talked, the less I liked him. And he was a person that he definitely, in his perspective, had all of his theological T's crossed, and he had all of his doctrinal I's dotted. And, and, and if yours, you know, line up with mine, then guess what we're going to do? We're going to support you. We're going to give money to this new church that you're starting. I'm sitting there thinking, I don't want your money. I really don't. And I mean, I didn't tell him this and I didn't, you know, but, but I, I'm feeling that way. My feelings were confirmed even more as we were checking out and we were up at the cash register. I can picture it like, and this was over 27 years ago. I can picture this. And we were standing there and the waitress who was checking us out, uh, who also served us, she says, I couldn't help but overhear him. Forgive me for eavesdropping, but I heard you talking about, you know, church and, and all of this and, and what church do, do you all go to and stuff like that. This the guy was, as he was talking to me, he, he, he acted annoyed. He looked at her almost with a, a, a look of disgust and annoyance, like, Are you, you're interrupting us while we're talking. And then he looked back at me and continued his conversation, and I'm thinking, this is horrible. And, and I, I stopped looking at him, and I turned to her and engaged her in a conversation. 
And I'm not trying to set me up as, as some great saint because I'm not, but I just felt so horrible about this person. And I'm thinking, I want nothing to do with you. I don't like you. But, but I know God tells me to love the guy, and that's, that's hard. So you got to bear in mind, okay? I've not arrived on this subject of love, and I'm still a work in progress. I'm a work in process. I'm working on it. But I didn't like the guy. Probably don't like him today. I think he's still around. But, but I, I've got to love him. I've, I need, I need, and you'll know why in a, in a few moments. But what, what Paul is saying, listen, you can have your theology all figured out. You can have your doctrine all figured out. And you can have a corner on the market and everybody else is wrong. You can have all that stuff figured out. And I know people like that. And they don't have any love. It's like, what difference does it make? It makes no difference whatsoever. Because Paul says, listen, nothing you believe even matters if you don't have love. Number four, he says, nothing I give matters. All that I give, if I don't give out of a heart of love, keep it. Just keep it because it doesn't matter. In verse 3, he says, if I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, even gave my life, I mean, that's the gift of martyrdom, right? Does anybody here, by the way, have that gift of martyrdom? Okay, luckily you don't because it's the one gift you get to use one time. Okay, and that's it, and, and you're done. So <laughs> anyway, even if, if, if you give your body, he says, but you didn't have love for others, it would be of no value whatsoever. Can people give with wrong motives? Sure, people give with wrong motives all the time, all the time. People, some people will give because they're expecting to get something back in return. That's one reason people give, and it's, it's a false motive, it's a wrong motive. Other people give out of guilt. Some people give out of guilt. They're, they're, they feel, you know, uh, ashamed that, that they haven't done what they should have done, and so ah, let me give you something to make up for it. And so they give out of, of guilt. Other people will give to manipulate people. They'll give to control. That happens in churches. Uh, I've talked to pastors where, you know, somebody gives a, a lot of money and then that person expects the church to do what they want. And that's not given out of love. That's simply given out of manipulation. You know, you're going to do what I want because I'm a big giver. And, and, and Paul said, no, 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 just keep your money. Keep your money. And, and some people give out of prestige. Some people give out of the sense of, you know, I want to be recognized. And so, um, you know, I make sure somebody knows that, that I gave this. You know, one reason, you know, is we don't put a lot of plaques on stuff around here. We don't put plaques on anything, really. Is, is that's, that's one of the reasons, you know, that, that we encourage people, you know, just give out of a heart of love. And it's, and it's not to be recognized or any of that stuff. Because he says, if I don't give out of love, then just keep it because it really doesn't matter. And, and number five, um, he, Paul says, nothing I accomplish matters. Just kind of summarizes and says, nothing I accomplish matters. In verse 3, he says, so no matter what I say, no matter what I believe, no matter what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. You, you can have your picture on the cover of Success Magazine. You can build a billion-dollar business. But if you don't have love, it really doesn't matter is what Paul is saying. And so what, what, what he's saying to kind of summarize is that I can have the eloquence of an orator, I can have the knowledge of a genius, I can have the faith of a miracle worker, I can have the generosity of a philanthropist, I can achieve uh, the achievements of a superstar, but if I don't have love, it really doesn't matter. And so, what is love? It's hard to define, isn't it? It's hard to describe. Some time uh, ago, Jesus was approached by a lawyer, 
And this lawyer came up to Jesus and said, what's the most important commandment? Of all the commandments that are out there, what's the most important one? What did Jesus say? Does anybody know? Yeah, love. He said love. He said the same thing that Paul is saying right here. The exact same thing that Paul is saying right here. He's just using different words. He's phrasing it in a different way. He talked about love and he talked about relationships. He says, what's the most important? Love God. Love God, that's the most important. Love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, strength. That's, that's the most important. And now that I think about it, loving your neighbor as yourself. That, that's the second one. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's the most important. You want to know what's most important? Love God, love people. Loving God, loving people. That sounds familiar. That's where we get uh, the mission statement for Abundant Life Church, in case you didn't know that. It comes from that, that phrase right there. Love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love people. In fact, I'm going to be talking a whole lot more about that in our next series. And so that's what Jesus says is, is most important. And so how do you define it? Because that's what we want to know. What is it? How do you define it? If I were to ask you today to tell me what is love, I would get all kinds of answers. I don't have time to do that in this message. But if I were to sit down with you and say, what's love? I would, as many people, I would probably get, you know, 25, 30, 40 different answers from people. Love, love is this. Love is that. Love is this. And, and, and it's all, it's maybe, maybe it's all this, I don't know. But, but what is it? And so what happens is, you know, artists and musicians and, and poets and, and people, they try to express it in word pictures. They try to help us understand what love is through word pictures. I, how many of you love word pictures? I like people who can speak in word pictures. Dave Prohl, you know, who comes up and does the welcome, the greeting, and the announcements. <clears throat> Dave is one of the best at, at uh, helping to explain things through word pictures. Way back when my wife and I were dating, okay, we've been married, um, I, can't, I cannot remember if it's 40 or 41 years. I think it's 41 years. I need to figure it out. She, uh, she gets home Tuesday, and um, it's wasn't her to figure it out. I do remember it's June 20th, this is the day, and, uh, and 1975 was the year. So if somebody can figure that out real quick, let me know. 41, okay. So 41 years, thank you, I appreciate that. Bless you, bless you, bless you. So we've been married 41 years, over 41 years ago, over because we were dating, when we were dating, you know, I loved her and I wanted her to know I loved her. And so I gave her a cassette, okay? Does anybody know what a cassette is? Okay, <laughs> a cassette. Some of you are thinking, a cassette? What's a cassette? Go Google it, okay? And so I gave her a cassette of the Carpenters. Anybody remember the Carpenters? Okay, Karen Carpenter. And, and they did all these love songs and stuff like that. Well, one of the songs on there, it talked about birds and, and, and all this stuff. And, and the phrase goes like this. Why do birds suddenly appear every time you're near? Just like me, they long to be close to you. You know that? Isn't that beautiful? Why do birds suddenly appear every time you are near? Just like me, they long to be close to you. Isn't that beautiful? Now, but stop and think about it. Just think about that for just a moment. I came from the South, okay? I'm from Virginia. And whenever I saw a bunch of birds hovering over something, <laughs> it typically was roadkill, <laughs> okay? It was roadkill, that's what it was. And so, and so for me to be dating somebody, and every time, you know, they come walking up, there's birds hovering over their head. It's like, 
what is up with you? I mean, did you take a bath or have you taken a shower lately? So I don't want to be dating somebody who has birds, vultures hanging out all the time. But we try to express what, what love is. And so what is, what is love? Well, what is love? Let me tell you what God says love is. And I think this will shock you. I think this will shock you. What is love? First off, love is a command. It's a command. And you might be thinking, wait a minute, how, how can God possibly command me to love people? 2 Corinthians chapter 6, love means doing what God has commanded us, and he has commanded us to do what? To love one another. And you're thinking, wait a minute, that can't be right, because how can you command a feeling? Well, you're right, you can command a feeling, and that's because love's not a feeling. Love's not an emotion. Now, love will produce feelings. Love will elicit emotions. But love's not a feeling. Love's not an emotion. Love will produce those things. Love's a command. You can't command feelings, right? You remember growing up? I remember growing up, and I was a little kid, and my dad would do something, and he wouldn't, I would ask him for something, and he wouldn't give it to him. What would I do? I'd start... You know, I'd start crying, and, and, and I'd beg, and, and he wouldn't give, and I'd <laughs> you know, and, and, then, and then what would my dad say? Same thing your dad used to say. If you don't stop crying, I'll give you something to cry about. Every parent, where do they learn this stuff? You know, is there a book? Okay, when they start crying, tell them this. You know, if, and that's what they used to say. That's what my dad used to say. And, and, so, and then what happens is you can't stop crying. If anything, it's like, <laughs> you know, you cry even more because you can't command a feeling. And so love, love it's, it's a command. And, and it's something that, that God commands that, that you and I do. Second thing is love is a choice. Love is a choice. In, in verse 1 of chapter 14 in 1 Corinthians, he says, go after. Everybody say, go after. Go after, go after a life of love as if your life depended on it. Why? Because it does. It does. Your life depends on the fact that you love. And so we choose whether or not we love people. We choose. We make the choice. He says to go after it, go after it, because love is a choice which destroys the myth that it's uncontrollable. So people will say, I fell in love, you know, like they didn't have a choice. You know, they fell in love like they fell in a ditch. Well, they fell in love like they fell out of a tree. I didn't have a choice. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You have a choice. You choose whether or not you're going to love. Every so often, I hear of a couple getting a divorce. And, and you know, one of them will say, well, you know, we just didn't love each other anymore. And I want to say, no, that's not really true. If you're really honest with each other, what you'll say is we chose not to love each other anymore. Because love's a choice. You, you can love whether, whether you like the person or whether they live up to your standards or not, you choose. You choose whether you love. And so, so don't ever come up and say, well, we just, you know, we don't love each other anymore. No, just be honest. We chose. We chose not to love each other anymore. Because love in its, in its highest form is loving when you really don't feel like it. Any parents in the room? Have you ever gotten up in the middle of the night because a child was sick? Why'd you do that? Because you love them. Because you love them. It's as simple as that. Because you, because you love them. I mean, it's, it's easy to love when everything's going fine. 
I mean, it's easy to, to love my wife when we're laying on the beach in Costa Rica and the sun is shining, we've got money to spend on stuff and people are waiting on us hand and foot and I can look over to her and say, I love you. <laughs> you know, that's easy. I mean, it's something different when, you know, she snores and, and when she doesn't snore, by the way. I'm just, it's just an example. So don't anybody go saying, I heard you snore. Don't do that because she does not snore, okay? But I'm just I'm making an example. Uh, so she snores, and, and, uh, and he's rude, and, and he's arrogant, and, and, you know, we don't have any money, and the bills are piling up, and we're fussing and fighting. Now look over at each other and say, I love you. You know, that's different, isn't it? And, and so love's a choice. You, you choose whether or not you love it. It's not like, you know, I, I can't anymore. You, you choose whether you're going to do it. It reminds me of the story of this, uh, this guy. He went to the opera, and he saw this lady singing, and he was just astounded by her voice. I mean, so much so that that night he asked her to marry him. And for some strange reason, she married him. Well, they wake up the next morning, and he, he rolls over and looks at her, and she doesn't have uh, on her makeup, she doesn't have on her wig, and she doesn't have her teeth in. <laughs> and he looks at her and says, woman, sing, please, sing. <laughs> I know, that's horrible. That's horrible. But it's a choice. It's a choice. You see, loving people is when we, loving people is when we give people what they need, not what they deserve. That, that's love. Here, number, number three is love is a conduct. Love is a conduct. It's something you do. It's a way of acting. First John chapter 3, verse 18. Let us, let us stop just saying that we love people. Let us really love them. And what's this say? Show it by our actions. Let us show it by our actions. It's like the guy who was telling his girlfriend. He says, I love you. I, you know, I would die for you. I would die for you. And she looks back at him and says, oh, Harold, you're always saying that, but you never do it. <laughs> that's, another, that's another bad joke. That's another bad joke. But thank you for laughing. I appreciate that very much. I just want to encourage you that as we begin this series, that, that you'll make the decision that, that you're going to open your eyes and look for the opportunities to love people because they're, they're literally all around us. Opportunities to love people, you'll find them literally every single day. Every single day. And as we go through this series, you'll understand hopefully more clearly what love is all about. But I encourage you to look for opportunities because I think you have a good idea already, but we're going to just bring some clarity to it. Here's number four. Love is a commitment. Love is a commitment, okay? It's a command. It's a choice. It's a conduct. It's also a commitment. It's a commitment. Everybody say commitment. It's a commitment. First John 4, 16. God says, God, it says, God is love. And if we keep on loving, everybody say, keep on loving. Keep on loving. If we keep on loving, keep on loving others, we will stay one in our hearts with God, and he will stay one with us. Keep on loving. You and I live in a throwaway society today. We just throw things away today. We, we discard things because I can just go get a new one, okay? And we throw things away. Unfortunately, what's happened is in our world today, we've transferred all of that over to relationships. And we can throw away relationships as if they were just an old shoe. We throw away relationships as if they were just an old shirt and just throw it away because I can get a new one. And that's not love. That's not love. Love, love is a commitment. Love, love will never say, I will love you if, or I'll love you when, or I'll love you because, okay? It's, no, it's not that. <clears throat> 
Love says, I love you, period. I love you, period. And nothing changes that. Nothing changes that. And if you want a love that matures, then it will go through the fire of testing and commitment. It'll go through that fire. And you'll come out on the other side. If, if you truly love that person, you'll come out having a much stronger love. Why? Because you were committed, because you truly loved that person. So how do we do this? How do we live this life of love? Well, I'm going to talk about that in this entire series, but let me just give you a few things right now to think about. That, and I want you to make a commitment. I'm going, to, I'm going to suggest a commitment in every one of these. Here's the first one. Admit that I have room to grow in love. I must admit that I have room to grow in love. How many of you think that you could just be a little bit more loving? Raise your hand. Okay, good. Probably three-fourths of you. That's good. The other four? Okay. Uh, get a clue. Okay. <laughs> I know. You just don't want to raise your hand. That's okay. I still love you. Okay. Admit that I have room to grow in love. Admit, you've got room. You've got room to grow in love. All of us have room to grow in love, okay? It's like the, the wife, she said, you know, you never tell me you love me anymore. And he says, listen, I told you the day we got married, if I ever change my mind, I'll let you know. Okay? <laughs> that was bad, too. That's the day of bad jokes. But thank you again for laughing. And, and so... Just admit the fact that you've got room to grow. And so here's a commitment that you can make today. Here's a commitment that you can make today. And that commitment is this, that I will be here for every message in this series. Okay? If you admit the fact that you've got room to grow in love, then be here for every message in this series. You've already got one down. There's only seven more to go. Okay? And so that's a commitment you can make. Here's number two. Begin each day with love. Just begin each day with love. You can begin each day being grumpy and complaining and griping and dreading the day, or you can begin the day with love. It's your choice. It's, it's a choice. And, and what I'm told is that the first min, 10 minutes of your day actually sets the pattern for the rest of the day. And so when you get up in the morning, first thing, God, I love you, and thank you for this new day. Thank you for the health and strength you woke me up today. And you look over to her, you look over to him, I love you. Or if she's still asleep or he's still asleep, God, thank you for her. Thank you for him. And, and just begin with, with love. You, you say, God, today, and, and this, this can be the commitment for you to say, I'm going to make this commitment that every day um, in this series, and that's, that's a big order, but every day in this series, you're going to wake up and you say, God, today as I wake up, I realize that you love me unconditionally, and I'm asking you to help me to love the people in my life today. Everybody that you bring to my path today, help me to love them unconditionally. Wow, would that change? Would that begin to change even what you think about yourself, much less what it's going to do to change the relationships around you? Here's number three. Commit to memory what God has says about love. Commit to memory what God says about love. And he says a lot about love. Love appears 538 times in the NIV version uh, alone, he, 538 times. And so commit to memory what God says about love. Why? Because you're going to find yourself in situations all the time where you need to love instead of be angry, where you need to love instead of being frustrated, where you need to love instead of withholding forgiveness. You're going to find that all the time. You're going to have those opportunities. You're going to be sitting in the traffic, okay, and you're going to get frustrated. You're going to be waiting in the grocery line. You're going to be agitated. You're going to be, you know, where's my coffee. My goodness, I thought this was a fast food place around here, and they're taking like two minutes to get my coffee. Come on, you know? And, and you're going to have an opportunity to be like that or to be loving. Take a moment and, and, and strike up a conversation with the person next to you and say a kind word to them. Do something, but, but, but just commit to memory what God says and allow that to come into your mind 
when you're in those moments. And you might be thinking, well, I haven't committed to memory any verses about love. That's not a problem. Just pick one out of each message in this series. Because I give you a lot of verses in every message. Just pick one. Pick the one that resonates with you and commit that one to memory. And the next time you're in a situation where you're tempted to be unloving, allow that verse to come to mind. Okay? That's your, that's your action step. Okay, number four. Practice love. Just practice love. Practice love. Love is like a muscle. Okay? Love is like a muscle. And if you, and if you exercise it, what happens to it? It gets stronger. It gets bigger. Okay? It gets better. It's healthier. Love is the same way. Practice loving. And, and it's, it's, I mean, just pick a, pick a loving phrase. Somebody tell me, what's a loving phrase that you could say to someone? <laughs> you guys really need this. Okay. <laughs> okay. You're beautiful. That's good. Okay. Now, be careful who you say that to, okay? Because you, you could get in trouble. Okay. But, but here's one. To people you know, and this is going to cha- challenge you. Here's what I want you to say to people in your life that you love. This could be a, a spouse. It could be a son. It could be a daughter. It could be, um, uh, it could be someone that, that's a good friend of yours, okay? And um, here it is right here. I, let me look at the camera. Read my lips. I love you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Because what most of us will say is this, love you. Now, it's just a pet peeve of mine, okay? I know it's nothing wrong, really, with saying love you, but I challenge you, instead of saying love you, to look at your spouse and say, my spouse is not here, I feel weird <laughs> saying it to you when I use the word spouse. As a friend, I'll say, I love you. I love you right back. I love you, yeah. And I love you. You know, and to be able to say that, you're going to find that it's weird because it's one thing, love you, because that's just kind of sloughing it off. I dare you, I challenge you to, with your spouse, use the word I. In fact, right now, just look to somebody and say, I love you. Or you, you get to look away. You couldn't, even, you couldn't even look at me while I said that. It's weird, isn't it? It's weird. It's just odd. But I'm, I'm just learned to do that. I, I, I make it a habit. I don't say love you. Even when I do an email, I write I love you. And even start writing it that way. I love you instead of love you. Okay? Don't you, you guys, don't get creepy out there, okay? <laughs> Here's number five and the last one. Get support from other loving people. Get support from other loving people. In other words, hang around with other people where you can practice love. You're not going to become a loving person by reading a book on love in a room by yourself. Get out there and mix it up. And what I encourage you and what we encourage you to do here at Abundant Life Church all the time, we are encouraging you to get into a life group. Get into a life group. Why? Because you're going to be in a group of people, some of which you don't care to be with. You're going to think they're weird or they're odd or how do I get stuck with them? Okay, what a great opportunity to practice. I love you. What a great opportunity to practice loving people who are different than you are, who think differently, who look differently, who act differently. What a great opportunity. Not just to grow in God's word, but to develop relationships and to really learn to love one another. In fact, I encourage you, every fall season, a life group is going to be starting up here in just a month or so. And we're in the process now of recruiting a host to, to host those groups. I challenge you to be a host. Be a facilitator. If that's you, let us know on your connection card. Just, just put host or something. And, and uh, I challenge you. At minimum, get into a group. Get into a group this fall. 
Okay, let's all of us read this one last verse together with great enthusiasm. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. Here we go. In this life, we have three lasting qualities, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Let's bow our head and let's pray. God, I know that the only reason we can love is because you loved us first. And you have demonstrated to us what true love is all about. You're so committed to us. It cost you everything. You gave your only son so that we could have the forgiveness of our sins, so that we could have an eternal relationship with you. And so, Lord, I pray today that if there are people in this room who haven't come to faith in Jesus, today would be the day they do so. And, Lord, if we've uh, been less than loving in the relationships in our life, help us today to say, I'm going to become a more loving person. I'm going to ask today if your desire is to give your heart to Jesus for the first time, if you would pray with me this prayer. And I invite, again, every one of you to join in as we pray. Father in heaven, today I thank you for Jesus. Jesus, I want to say I love you. And I thank you for forgiving me of my sin. I ask you to be my Savior and Lord. I pray this in your name. Amen.